we can't really manage time. It's kind of just this weird thing that we have decided that we can do. Really, it's we manage how we spend our time. We manage the tasks that we have. And I think we struggle with it as moms because there are way too many tasks on that list. And we have these super high expectations that we're going to get through that list every day. Welcome to the Thoughts from the Couch podcast. I'm anxiety treatment expert and licensed mental health counselor, Justine Carino. I'm here to help you understand the root of your anxiety so you can create new habits that actually stick. Toxic behavior patterns, dysfunctional relationships, and childhood family trauma are all linked to the anxiety you experience. And that's exactly what we dive into on this podcast. Join me as I guide you through flipping the script on your negative thoughts, setting healthy boundaries in your relationships, and cultivating a self-care practice that's as unique as you are. From my couch to yours, let's create your path to peace. Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Thoughts from the Couch podcast. I am your host, psychotherapist Justine Carino. Thank you so much for tuning in and being here. I hope you are all enjoying your day today. Today, we're talking all about ways to become more productive as a working mom. I'm a working mom, and I often feel really overwhelmed with my to-do list at home and my to-do list at work, and that causes stress for me on a daily basis. I never feel done. And I was recently venting to my own therapist about how hard it is to do all of my mom tasks and have a career at the same time. I was like, I I don't know how people do this. Like, how do people have children and a career that they're passionate about? Like, what? It feels impossible. But, you know, forget trying to find time for myself some days. It's a struggle to scrounge minutes to watch like 30 minutes of The Real Housewives. Or I literally have to wake up at the crack of dawn just to work out for 30 minutes. I know you can relate to this if you've decided to listen to this episode. So that's why I'm talking with productivity specialist Valerie Recor. Valerie helps overwhelmed and overcommitted moms stop feeling pulled in too many directions. With a background in mental health and corporate training, Valerie guides women with a better relationship with time. In this episode, you hear us talk about the biggest challenges that working moms face today why moms today are so exhausted and drained, and her top three tips to become more productive and feel good about your time. Now let's get into this episode so you can meet Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell my audience a little bit more about yourself and your career? Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, So I am a productivity specialist and I help overwhelmed moms stop feeling pulled in too many directions. Um, cause I believe moms do way too much and we'll, I'm sure get into that in a little bit, but I, um, started out as a, well, in my previous career before kids, I was, a, I worked in mental health and then corporate training. And then when my now almost 10 year old was born, I, um, went in search of that elusive magic balance between working and having a life outside of kids and then being home with my kids so I quit my the corporate trading piece and opened up a professional organizing business and worked in that for several years, helping people organize their spaces. And that has since morphed into the uh, productivity piece because I find I enjoy helping people organize their time and their task lists more than their stuff. And then the pandemic has really helped kind of um, help me focus more on moms that moms have just been 
slammed in the last few years and are really, really struggling. And as we move into whatever this next chapter of life looks like, really wanting to help moms just take a step back and shift things as I think this is a really great opportunity in our society and in our own lives to just change things yes. and really get into that. Well, um, yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you, right? I'm one of those overstressed and overwhelmed <laughs> moms from time to time that you're talking about. So selfishly, I know I'm going to get a lot from this conversation. <laughs> but I know a lot of my listeners are drawn to the, my podcast because I identify as someone who's like pretty anxious, but also um, high achieving, ambitious, um, perfectionistic, mm -hmm. wants to make everybody happy does everything really well. And if they're a mom that's a listener, they're most likely the high-performing mom who wants to be a present mom with their career, but also be a present mom at home with their children. Mm -hmm. And the to-do list really never ends for many moms out there. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm very grateful to have you here. So it's an interesting path you took to becoming a productivity specialist, and thank you for sharing that. What do you think some of the biggest challenges moms have today in terms of time management? Why is it so difficult to feel productive and manage our time effectively? So a couple of things. One, we can't really manage time. It's kind of just this weird thing that we have decided that we can do. We, really, it's we manage how we spend our time. We manage the tasks that we have. And I think we struggle with it as moms because there are way too many tasks on that list. And we have these super high expectations that we're going to get through that list every day. And so we're setting ourselves up for failure because it's not going to happen. One, your to-do list is never going to end. And I don't say that to depress you. It's more of a, like, let's take that as a relief that, okay, I'm not going to get through it today. So what can I focus on? What are the big things that or little that I can tackle that are moving me forward in my life, in my career, in my business, if you're an entrepreneur, in your family what are those tasks you can do today that are just tiny steps forward versus I have 25 things on my list and I'm a failure because I only got 12 of them done. You're setting yourself up for failure at that point, but we've been so conditioned as moms that we need to, that's just how it needs to be. We need that clean and organized house. We need kids who are well-dressed and doing lots of activities and we need to be wildly successful at our job and we need to do that all every day and it's just not going to happen. And I think when we can just take a step back and go, okay, I cannot make this happen every single day, but what can I do today? Or what can I focus on this week? Over the course of a week, what are my goals? What are the tasks I can do that are moving things forward? And then celebrate at the end of the week that you got all of these things done. Yeah. I'm thinking about so <laughs> many things as you're saying all of that, right? And we all, we often get comfortable with that craziness. Like I remember mm -hmm. it was like a night or two ago, like I came downstairs from putting the kids to bed and, and my husband like did all the stuff I was thinking of doing. Love you, Angelo, if you're listening. <laughs> like the kids' lunches were made. The snacks were put away for the next day. Like the kitchen was cleaned up. And I had this moment where I'm like, okay, I could just go sit down now and watch TV. But I'm comfortable with 
task, task, task. So mm-hmm. he did everything and I felt weird. I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do with myself right now? <laughs> I have no things to do. I can actually go relax. That feels uncomfortable. So I gave mm-hmm. myself a task to do. I was like, oh, let me just do this and then I'll go relax, which was so mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, why can't I just go and sit? And, and thank you, mm-hmm. husband, for, you know, taking that off my plate. And I'm very lucky to have a partner who is so involved with our children and our home life mm-hmm. and he has his own career. So I have to say at home, like things are the most 50-50 that they can be. But mm-hmm. I think there's still always this mental stuff that moms take on that makes us feel drained. Like this, if the to-do mm-hmm. list isn't written down, there's still something in the back of our mind that we know we have to start thinking about. Yeah. Well, our society tells us that our worth is based on our productivity. We are such a hustle culture. We are such a, like, you should always be doing, doing, doing. And if you sit, you're failing or you're doing it wrong, or you're going to miss out on something, or you're not doing it right. If you take a break, which is really the opposite of how it should be. Like there should be plenty of time in our lives and our days for fun and for relaxation and taking care of ourselves. And it makes you more productive and a better parent and a better partner, and you get more to really get more done, um, or you're at least more efficient when you take those breaks versus when you're exhausted and you're stressed out and resentful and overwhelmed. You're not thinking as clearly. You're going to make more mistakes. You're not going to be as efficient. You're going to miss something. Um, and you're just, it takes you longer to do things. And so taking that break, sitting down on the couch and watching something on TV, reading a book, whatever taking that break looks like for you actually is a good thing and something that we need to try to make more time for in our in our days. How do you think we got here as moms today, like feeling so drained and exhausted mm-hmm. and like the conditioning around like we need to be productive to feel worthy? Like how do, how do we get here? Yeah. So it was several things. So one, moms just don't have a whole lot of support. And that, you know, childcare, maternity leave, it's all expensive or non-existent or hard to find. We've been really taught to just do things on our own, this like individual, rugged individualism piece where we are taught it's not okay to ask for help. When in reality, this would all be so much easier as a community. If we were just doing this together with our partners, with our neighbors, with our friends and our family and supporting each other through this. And I think we got here through... A lot of those pieces and pieces from like when your kids are born and you as a mom get take maternity leave, if you're lucky enough to have maternity leave or be able to take it and your partner, whether or not he had paternity leave available, they're not men are encouraged to take it even if they can take it. So they don't. They just fall into this. I must be a provider role. And so moms are home learning all of the things about their babies They get better at changing diapers, at changing clothes, at packing the diaper bag, at making the food, knowing what our kids like. And so then it seems as though moms are just innately better at this stuff. And then we watch our husband struggle or our partner struggle with changing a diaper, or you don't know what food he likes, This our kids like, I'm just going to go make dinner, whatever that looks like. And so then it just, it spirals from there. And then we just keep taking on those tasks. And if if you've gone back to work full-time or you're working part-time or you run your business, or even if you're staying at home full-time, like there is too much to do 
to manage a household and raise children for one person to do in any single day. But we have been told repeatedly since we were little that that's what you do. If you are a successful mom, that's what you do. Like you must do all of this yourself and don't ask for help. And your husband's never going to be able to do it either. So you just need to take it all on. We talk about our partners like they're just extra children that we have to take care of. And I, I just, it sort of cycles from there. It's sort of a high level soapbox for you. <laughs> no, and it, it's making me feel frustrated as you're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. I feel my body like getting really tense and frustrated and <laughs> pissed off about it. <laughs> you know, how do you think our generations of moms are different than like what our moms had to do and our grandmothers had to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm already thinking like, to my own parents' relationship, like that was what you described is what I saw. Like I had two working parents, um, Mm -hmm. but my mom did most of the at-home stuff too, right? So her generation Mm -hmm. had to deal with this, I think, too. But do you see any Mm -hmm. differences between our grandmothers and our mothers and us? I think where it got more complicated for our generation comes into, like, when I think back to my childhood, like, I spent my summers playing in the neighborhood, running around, riding my bike to the pool. Like, I was kind of on my own to some degree. And I also had lots of activities after school during the school year, but, like, there was also plenty of free time. And I don't think our generation is as good at letting our kids have that free time. We overschedule our kids because we we now feel like, okay, we must get our kids into activities when they're little in the hopes that by the time they're in high school, they're really good at something. So they get into a good college and whether it's because we want our kids to be successful. And we believe that is the path to success is it's them getting into a really good college, or we feel it looks good on our end. I've read how like a lot of parents will sign their kids up for activity solely because then we get to brag and we look good as parents because we have these successful kids. And so it's, Instead of taking a step back and going, does my kid enjoy this? Must we be doing all of these activities or can we have one activity? So my family with my kids, they get one activity per semester, per season, whatever they are interested in doing. And that's all they get. Because even if you, you know, if you have more than one kid, that's still several nights a week, you're going somewhere. And if you or your partner are also doing something like that still leads to a pretty busy life. And So being very aware of what you're committing to and doing it because your kids enjoy it, because that's what they want to be doing versus this long-term, I want my kid to get into an Ivy League school and they must be doing all these things now to make that happen. And that could probably be a whole other podcast episode, but I think those expectations we put on ourselves and this hustle culture lead to this feeling that we just cannot ever stop. And then those activities also take up so much time in the preparing and the every that just takes up time. Can we all just stop? <laughs> Can we all just decide, <laughs> we're gonna stop. Let's just all stop. Let's stop doing all the things. Let's just give up. Let's all collectively agree, like we're done. We're done doing the thousands <laughs> of things. I wish we could do that. And I think you're absolutely right. I see totally what you're saying. And I think social media makes it worse. Like our moms Mm -hmm. didn't log into Instagram over the weekend Mm -hmm. and see what other families were doing on the weekend. Um, And 
Like, I don't even feel it like holiday season. Like, okay, are we doing the Santa with breakfast? And are you meeting Santa at the mall? And are we mm-hmm. doing the drive through lights? And are we doing the Polar Express? And are we doing doing the Radio City Rockettes? But then we have to see the tree. That's like an overabundance of mm-hmm. holiday activities. Like, what? I, when I grew up, like, maybe I met Santa at the mall and wrote him a letter. And, like, we were good. <laughs> and we went to see right. the pets. That was a treat. Like, my grandparents would come. Now, because of social media, every weekend, every weekend we see everyone doing all these things. We're like, oh, I should be doing those things with my kid. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. squeeze it in and then we're pissed about doing it and we don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And then they need the outfit for the picture, the Christmas yep. holiday pictures chaos so i think our moms and grandmothers didn't have that extra layer do you think social media has a part of this i do i think social media is a huge part of that um definitely because it shows the it's very curated and so you see the fun perfect well-behaved kids in the matching outfits and everybody looks like they're having a good time and you don't see the tears that happened when everybody got home or before they even got home and so we feel obligated to do all of that and i think some of it too is we don't, as moms, we don't feel like we have time to take that step back and think about it. It's, oh, we just really need to do all of these things. I must get this done versus let me take 10 minutes, 30 minutes, have a conversation with my family about what do you really want to do this holiday season? What do you want things to look like? What's one activity that you want to do? And you pick those and you say no to everything else. We just feel so obligated to do everything. And then nobody's enjoying anything. And it's not as fun, but I th- I think we come into this feeling like I don't have time to take a step back and think about how I'm spending my time and make any changes. Because if I drop this ball or this stop spinning this plate, something drastic is going to happen versus taking that step back and going, okay, I'm really not happy doing these things. I really don't need to throw this elaborate birthday party, or I don't really want to do Christmas cards this year. I don't care. <laughs> and just stopping and just stop and um, or having that conversation of actually Christmas cards are really important to me. And so we're going to make them happen and finding a way to do it. Or maybe it's happy new year cards because you just know you don't want to do them in December, but it's important to you to send yeah. them. Um, but really, and looking at the why I've had, so two examples here is a conversation with a friend who her son played soccer because all the other kids on her street were doing it. Like, but what if not everybody, you know, let's say there are five boys and two of them don't actually really want to do it. And three of them kind of enjoy it. But if you stop one season, maybe other kids stop. And then there's just more time for kids to run around or do something different or do an activity. They all enjoy something different, but it was sort of that pressure of, well, if I don't sign my kid up for this activity, He's not going to have time with his friends and looking at at that piece of it. And then another example is overhearing this conversation between two dads and one of them is talking about how, so I live in, in Colorado in Denver. I'm very near really great rock climbing. And so they're talking like within 20 minutes, rock climbing, like you can be outside doing all this stuff. And that he's talking about how he cannot make time with one of his friends. They were going back and forth trying to find time to go rock climbing because they were both all both just so busy. Their families were so busy. And I'm thinking this is really sad. Like you're 20 minutes from this. It doesn't have to be a big production. You go for a couple hours, you hang out, climb, go home. But they couldn't find the time to do that. And I just, there was something really sad for me in hearing that, that we 
our lives are so revolved around our kids and their activities that we don't make time for anything else. And so there's, I think it's just trying to find a way to step back and really think about what we're doing and what is important to us. I agree. And I think part of the problem too for some women is maybe you're the mom or the woman who was rewarded as a child for doing all the things somehow, right? You were the captain of the softball team, honor society, had a part-time job, checked all the boxes, got yourself into a top school, got yourself Mm -hmm. to be a top employee or created a business, right? So achievement made you feel recognized, important, and loved. And now that you're a mom, you're carrying that out through your children, right? Like if you look Mm -hmm. at your calendar and you're like, oh, we have nothing booked this weekend. Let's add in another sport for them. So I myself (laughs) as mom can feel busy and productive and accomplished Mm -hmm. on my weekends or add another plan in or do this or do that. So I think sometimes it's um, like fulfilling for the mother to have their kids so involved because then they start to feel that sense of pride and importance and accomplishment Mm -hmm. through their kids. And that's something for mom to look at is like, now, what are you modeling to your kids? That busyness is the way to be and we don't slow mm-hmm. down. And so now you're repeating the cycle that was dysfunctional for you and passing it on to them. Yep, absolutely. I agree with all of that. Okay. I yelled at my daughter because she decided to dump an entire glass of water all over the bathroom floor on purpose while just looking me dead in the eyes. And in hindsight, it really felt like a mom fail that I reacted that way. You know, her spilling the water wasn't even a big deal. It didn't matter. I was just feeling really stressed out about work, getting the kids to school on time. And it was just one more thing to clean up and deal with in the morning during chaos. And it was a little overwhelming. I'm a busy working mom. And for the longest time, this was almost a daily recurrence, yelling at my kids because I was so stressed out. And it kept happening because I didn't know how to take care of myself and get the care I needed. So instead, I became drained, overbearing, and an irritable mess in the house. (laughs) So now, through intentional self-care strategies and some simple techniques for anxiety and stress management that have become non-negotiables for me, I am doing more that I enjoy and stressing less. I want you to have the same relief. I want you to have more days with less mom guilt, more moments of fun and presence with your kids, and making good memories with your family. Also, more of living your life well. Join me for the Path to Peace live group program to clarify and prioritize what you truly want for yourself and your family and learn how to slow down and say no more often to the things that don't align with you. You can learn more about the Path to Peace by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to carinocounseling.com. So how can moms that are like really ambitious about their career, but also, you know, have children that they want to tend to, um, find more time for themselves. Really. I'm curious Mm -hmm. about this, um, without (laughs) sacrificing their work duties or the mom duties, like what, what can moms do to start to find time for aloneness and stillness? So I think it can start small if it's not something that you have really anywhere in your life. It's just picking maybe two hours once a week that you go sit in a coffee shop and read a book 
or take a walk with a friend or hide out in your basement with noise-canceling headphones and you take that time and your partner gets that same time too. Maybe it's one of you gets Tuesday, one of you gets Thursday and you block out that time and you treat it like you would a meeting with a client or your boss or a friend. And you commit to that because that's your time and you understand that you need those breaks and that you're not sacrificing anything when you take that time. Like you're taking care of yourself so that you can turn around and take care of others. It's that old cliche on the the airplane that's put your mask on first. And taking that time and one of, so I, I recently finished a certification um, for the fair play method, which is all about equity in the household and balancing the household tasks with your partner. And one of the things that is talked about is the happiness trio. And it's time with your partner, time with your friends and time for yourself. And that those three things and your partner gets all of those as well. And when you make those a priority, everything else falls around it and still happens. And you are more prepared for doing that maybe than you are if you just keep running yourself ragged every day. Um, And I know it's easier said than done. I get that, Um, making that time. And so that's why I'm thinking maybe it's you just start small and it's hiding out in your bedroom or it's hiding out in your basement or somewhere where the noise canceling headphones, If so you don't have to hear your kids if they know that you're home. And I know when my kids were little, it was easier if I left the house because they knew I was around. My kids are probably of an age where it would be easier for me to just go hide out in the basement or as easy. Um, and they wouldn't, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Um, but really just figuring that out and making that time, maybe you start with an hour, just start small and start building on that. Um, and taking that time or looking at your weekends. Is it one of you gets Sunday morning, one of you gets Saturday morning to go do something, but holding to that, like holding yourself to that, just like you would for a client or a friend instead of letting that go. That's amazing. And it's like, duh, why don't we do that? Why? <laughs> I'm thinking of times like our kids will be sleeping out at like one of the grandma's houses mm-hmm. for the night and me and my husband will have like a nice dinner planned. But we go to our separate parts of the house and I'll be like <laughs> in the bedroom putting on like my reality TV shows, doing my hair and makeup. He'll be downstairs watching sports, maybe have a glass of wine. Who knows what he's doing? And we have our alone time and we always laugh. We're like, I'll see you at dinner. Like we want <laughs> our alone time in our house. And then my husband said like, why don't we another time like send the kids to grandma's but stay home in our own house and just do whatever we want. Like we could hang out mm-hmm. together and binge watch Netflix or we can go to our separate areas to do what we want. But just to have the gift of aloneness or togetherness but without the kids around or any other responsibilities in our own home just mm-hmm. to feel comfortable and like that sounds glorious. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> but I also feel like there's um guilt attached and I'm not I don't know if I'm the only mom that goes through this but like yes, I have two little kids, they're 2 and 5. They're a lot. And it's life is easier when there's two of us on the weekend to entertain them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my husband are great. I mean, we're great about giving each other the space to like go see our friends and do our own thing. But as you're mentioning it, I'm already thinking like wow, like maybe my husband and I can rotate going upstairs for an hour to just lay on the bed and watch a TV show while the other one mans the fort with the kids, right? But then mm-hmm. guilt comes in like, ah, oh, am I really going to lay upstairs watching TV for an hour when my husband's alone <laughs> with two crazy children? Like, how do we manage the guilt? And I feel like there's also 
a lot of pressure to constantly be with our children all their time, all the time. And I don't even think that's supposed to be. No, I think that guilt, I fully get that guilt. And I still feel it, feel it on occasion, leaving the house for something or going downstairs. And we trade off who puts the kids to bed each night and the other person gets to go do their own thing for a little bit of time. And certainly my 10 year old was just not in a good mood yesterday. And I like, I'm sitting in the basement, just hearing her argue with my husband. And I'm like, do I go step in? Do I, I'm just like, he's got this. It's fine. And then at some point I did come upstairs and kind of separate them, but not because I didn't think that my husband couldn't deal with it. It was just kind of like, I can hear this conversation is going nowhere. And so we're going to just kind of break it up. And I would kind of expect the same if the roles were reversed, but it was really, I think, giving ourselves that space and knowing that our partners are want to be involved parents. They want to be more than just the fun dad who comes home and plays with the kids on the weekends. They want to be involved in all that nitty gritty stuff. And we have to give them that space to do that. And so if you're constantly showing up to help with bedtime or help with lunches or do all these things, they don't get that experience. And they want, it's their they want to be involved and we need to give them that space. And if that means that you leave the house versus hiding out in the basement, go hide out in your car and drive around the block for a while or go sit in the Target parking lot if you like whatever <laughs> that looks like. <laughs> go on um, your phone in the Target parking lot. Right, Check your email. Go yeah. do something. Go listen to a podcast and just mm-hmm. take that time and and let somebody else do it because I I think it's too much for us to as moms to do it on our own. But there is that guilt that we just should be doing it. And I think it's time we just say enough with the guilt. Like I'm giving myself permission to say no to this guilt and I'm going to walk away from it because it's not serving anybody. It's making everybody miserable. And I'm not saying the first time out of the gate, you're going to get it right. But with time, it gets easier. It's hard, but these seem like really great solutions to some of the alone time parents crave, especially when you're constantly with the to-do list. So Mm -hmm. tell me more about like, what are your top three tips for productivity that working moms can take away from this conversation? What are things that they could do to feel productive? Yeah. So I would start with um, a brain dump. So just sitting down and getting everything out of your head. Um, so it's not, you're not carrying your to-do list around in your head. And it may be taking the time to gather all the flagged emails you have and the post-it notes and the random notes you've written around the house or on your phone, you know, kind of wherever they might be and get them in one place so that you can then go through them and get a, a better sense of what really is going on. Um, if you want to take that deeper, then it can be looking at what are your goals and or values which I know can be, I used to hate the word values, value. And um, so maybe it's really just what do I want my days to feel like and look like and do my, the tasks on my list, are they getting me there or can I let them go? I think we just fall into this trap of, oh, it's on my to-do list. I need to do it, whether it belongs there or not. So those are part of that. And then I think it's giving yourself each day, what are the big three to main three to five tasks. And they don't need to be big tasks. It might be, I need to make this phone call 10 minutes out of my day. I need to send this email. I need to do this one thing. But what are the three to five tasks each day that are moving you forward in your business, in your 
personal life, what is going to move you forward? And those are the tasks you focus on. And then you can have bonus tasks. Certainly I will have, you know, a very long list for the day, but it's, these are the things that I know need to happen. And if I get this other stuff done, great. If not, it'll just happen tomorrow. Um, you can do that for a week. Sometimes I'll plan my week out and like, these are the tasks I need to do this week. I tend to front load my week and do the bigger stuff on Monday. Cause I know by Thursday or Friday, like my energy is waning. I'm kind of fried. I'm not going to do anything big and major on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Those are really kind of how I would get started with all of yeah. that. There's a lot more in depth we could tackle with those, <clears throat> but. So that's how we start. So either mm -hmm. once a week or every day, whatever feels good for you, you kind of brain dump all the things that need to get done in your personal life, your family life, your career, and then prioritize mm -hmm. only a few. Right. Each day. Yep. Or yeah. could it even be like what the most important, if you get the most important one done this week, that's an accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. You get these big thing, this one big thing done. Great. Um, you know, whatever else happens that week is just a bonus. And breaking those steps, those big projects down into the smallest possible step. So like planning, I'll use a personal example. We're we're planning a, a camping trip to Yellowstone next year. So, so fun. So for my to-do list for a while, it just said Yellowstone. And my brain was like, I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> help me <Okay>. out here. <laughs> and so I wasn't tackling, I wasn't doing anything with it. And I finally sat down and was like, okay, I need to research when reservations for camping opened, opened up because it's a year in advance. And so it's like around here, camping is like you are, you plan things way out in Yellowstone. It's a full year. Okay. So I know when I need to know what day I need to log on and make these reservations. Okay. Now I'm going to do some research on what are the campgrounds in Yellowstone? How do we, what do we want this trip to look like? What does each campground offer? Where might we want to stay? And then I had those narrowed down. And so then it was sort of from that, I broke that down so that each day or each week I could sit down and do a little bit versus just seeing Yellowstone and nothing happened because it's like, I don't, I don't know what that means. It's too big of a project for me to sit down and tackle. And so when your to-do list has a a doable step on it, you're more likely to to tackle that yes. versus some, you know, right report. Your brain is like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Can we give yeah. me something easier to deal with? I totally um, relate to that. I recently created a mini course for anxiety management mm -hmm. and forever on my list of goals was like, create course. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> cool. Like, how does one even create an online course? I'm not a teacher. I'm not a professor. Mm -hmm. I'm not a content creator. I'm a psychotherapist. So looking at create course, probably for a solid year, like nothing happened. <laughs> and I, I hired a coach who's amazing, Delaney Fisher, who has helped me like step by step, right? Because she she called this out. She's like, you you have these goals, but like we need to break them really smaller for you because it sounds mm -hmm. like you only get them done when they're small. So is what's the first, you know, she helped guide me on like step by step the first thing to do. And mm -hmm. I got the course done and I'm, I'm so happy and I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> but it only happened because I had someone holding me accountable for teeny tiny tasks every week mm -hmm. to get it moving. And also I have help. I have a virtual assistant that helped. So I get it. Like the broad goal is like doing nothing for us. We need to break it down mm -hmm. every day. And do you suggest just writing on the to-do list that small, tiny goal before even adding the next step to it? 
yeah, you can have a project list somewhere, you know, sit down and brainstorm what are all of the things that need to happen for this project. And then you pull out each day or each week, this is what's next on that list. I love that. You know, I've heard some people say like, don't even have a to-do list. And that freaks me out. I'm like, how will I ever get anything done? (laughs) Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think you do what works for you. Um, if you could see the way I write my to-do list, it would probably like make some people run away screaming, but it works for <laughs> me. <laughs> and I've tried different things and I have multiple to-do lists, but I, I last, no, this year is the first calendar year I've been using this. Um, I'm a paper planner person. I like have tried to go digital. It does not work. Yeah. I do use Evernote for a lot of stuff for work and some personal planning, but I need things written out. And so one, figuring out what works for you. Two, knowing that it's not the app that's going to help you be more productive. It's what's, it's how you're using it. So no app is going to magically fix things, but like my to-do list or my, this planner, I have like my monthly lists and then my weekly and daily. And then I pull out onto a dry erase board sometimes like a little, a little one, like these are the things that really need to happen Mm -hmm. because those lists get a little messy and I don't always see what exactly I need to focus on today. So then the dry erase board is, this is what I need to focus on, but it's been pulled from all of these other tasks. And so I know that they're what needs to happen that particular day. And I do at least a weekly review of my monthly goals or monthly tasks. So I know, okay, next week I need to start my 10 year old's birthday is coming up soon and she really wants to get her ears pierced. And so it was like the first earlier this week, it was research where the heck to do that in Denver. Like, where are we going to do that? And we actually, now we have an appointment scheduled for tomorrow after school, but it was like, I pulled that out of, okay, today I need to text a friend who I know got her daughter's ears pierced and really loved her experience. So I need to find out where she did that. And so that's what I'm focused on today. Um, So I think, you know, some people say just write your to-do list on a post-it note for the day. Um, I I think you got to figure out what works for you. I don't recommend working from a big master list every day. I think that's going to stress you out. And maybe it is just pulling out like these are the three things I'm going to focus on today. And if you finish those or when you finish those, then you can go back to the bigger list and pull stuff out. That is so helpful. So it's like you kind of have two lists, one of the master list and one of like the to do today list. And those mm-hmm. might be one or two things. And yeah. you feel good about that. I'm no productivity specialist, but I can tell you, I caught myself. I would always have this running to do list at my desk at work and then nothing would ever get checked off. And I realized it's because I'm not making time for it on my calendar to do those tasks. Mm-hmm. So what I've been starting to do before I leave on Thursdays, because I don't work on Fridays, is look at that to-do list and try and find a spot for the following week and put that on my calendar of like, okay, <laughs> this is when I am doing this task that I've had here now for three months not being <laughs> done, right? Like writing up a biopsychosocial assessment on a new client, right? All the paperwork I, I don't like doing because I would just look at it and then go to work and not have it on my calendar and not have time to do it and then leave pissed. And so mm-hmm. now my my magic solution is before I leave, get the to-dos on a place on my calendar, and then I can actually do it. I think some people have problems with that. I think it can be helpful to do that. I wouldn't do it for everything. 
Um, leave lots of white space in your calendar, mm. especially if you've got kids, because you know that things are going to happen. Kids are going to get sick. There's going to be a snow day, traffic, whatever. But I think having a general idea of, okay, I'm going to be in the office on this day. I have three clients. I've got a couple of free hours. This is what I'm going to work on during that time can be very helpful. Um, I wouldn't cram every minute of your day with that stuff. This was awesome. How do you work with people? How do people find you? And what do you help people with when they come and work with you? What could that look like? Yeah. So I do one-on-one coaching with moms as well as um, hopefully some group coaching in 2023 because I just believe there's magic in groups and knowing that as moms, we are all kind of dealing with the same stuff and being able to support each other through that. My focus is um, a lot on the fair play method and all about, because I, I think for moms, it's really, it's not so much me helping you get it all done. It's making sure that you're doing the right things. And really for some of that stems from having way too much to do at home and figuring out how to simplify that and taking that time to really look at how you're spending your time now and how you would like to be spending your time or what are your big dreams and goals in life and for your family and how do we get you from point A to point B and understanding that taking this time for you while maybe it does feel selfish or you might feel like I don't have time for one-on-one coaching like I barely have time to pee knowing that when you do take this time in the long run you're going to have more time for yourself yes. have more time to be that mom you really want to be that employee or entrepreneur you really want to be and giving yourself this gift of time to focus on this now is a gift for everybody in the long run. So it's that coaching and then there's a virtual community um, as part of that as well. And my goal is to just help moms change how they're spending their days so it feels better for them and they're not doing too much. What a gift you can give to people. What a gift, you know, there's nothing greater than having more time for yourself and your family and the important things. So that's amazing. Where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at stride productivity. You can head to my website, uh, strideproductivity.com. And there's also a quiz that you can find on the website or go to strideproductivity.com forward slash quiz. And as we are recording this, I'm in the process of updating my newsletter to text messages and um, shifting that a little bit so that you're not getting a weekly newsletter, but you're still getting content that helps you kind of figure out how you're spending your days and where where to spend, how to spend that differently. That's awesome. I will definitely link everything so listeners can find you and connect with you. Thank you so much, Valerie, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. All right. I'm inspired. I'm like running home this weekend and talking to my husband about how we can each get a little bit more alone time and have each other's back. I loved her suggestion about that. Maybe it's sleeping in later one day. That could be my alone time. Maybe for him, it's something else, but I love this idea. If you enjoyed this episode, you may also want to listen to episode number 58 called The Real Reason You're Struggling with Perfectionism in Motherhood with psychologist Dr. Stephanie Lopez. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to rate or review this podcast so I can get this content out into the world and support more people on their mental health journeys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the information shared during this episode. 
For complimentary anxiety management tools, you can head over to my website, carinocounseling.com. Thank you so much for listening and go enjoy all the moments your day has to offer you.